Hello and welcome to our podcast, Beyond the Blind. I'm your host, Jack Colombo, here with my co-host, Christian Brands. Again, we are recording over the internet. We have found some more fancy science technology ways, so we should have much better audio now. Um, today, we've got a really good, exciting episode. Well, I mean, I'm hoping it's exciting because Christian hasn't actually told me the story he's about to tell us. Yeah, so, so. yesterday was May 9th. Uh, we're recording this May 10th, and I was able to take a shot on a turkey with my bow, first time ever, and Jack has still not heard the story. I was making him wait so we could record this episode together, so he's hearing it along with all of you listening for the very first time, um, just because I think that's going to be awesome. So. Uh, yeah, sorry for making you wait, Jack, but um, now that you know, uh, all you know is the end result of the hunt, right? That I killed this gobbler. Um, but yeah, and all the millions of pictures that you've taken. Yeah. Oh, so many pictures. I was, I'm very proud of this bird. Uh, and if you've heard any of the other episodes that I put out, you'll understand why. But um, yeah, so let's get into the story, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's go right ahead. Okay, so I think the best way the best place to start this story is the night before um so a couple days prior to this i had just moved my blind i'd repositioned a little bit to the edge of a cow yard where i had seen turkeys pretty regularly at this dairy farm that i've been hunting now it's not a very big property um and there's not a ton of turkeys but their movements are just consistent enough to get a feel for where they want to be and just varying enough day by day where it's incredibly frustrating and difficult to try to get in exactly the right spot to actually kill one. So that's been my life this season, but I repositioned my blind for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I wanted to try this spot. I thought that it had more consistent potential than where I had been sitting most of the time. Um, or my, a couple of other spots I'd tried a few times as well. And also, when did you oh, have, when did you have time to reposition your blind? Um, I did it after a morning hunt a couple of days prior, I think. So it had been sitting there for a couple of days and oh. then, um, after it blew into the <laughs> woods. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was having high hopes for this new spot. I'd also moved my blind because the farmer had decided to plow up the field where my blind had been sitting originally. So that wasn't really an option anymore. I had to get it out of the way, uh, for him. So it just all kind of worked out. And, uh, I had been talking to the farmer, uh, in between a few of my hunts, and he said that there had been this gobbler literally right up by the barn um, for a couple of days in the morning, in the evening. And so I was feeling pretty good about my chances in this spot. And I, I set it up in a pretty good position for where I thought I could catch him coming from almost any angle. So uh, I was pretty excited. Uh, the, so the first evening that I actually sat in that spot and hunted that blind um, was, let's see, today's Sunday. So it was Friday night. Okay. Uh, now, Friday night. I, I get out to my spot about five o'clock, which is maybe a little bit later than I should have been. And the farmer's mom who lives, she lives on the farm. The farmer lives just down the road. She caught me. She always likes to kind of see how I'm doing, what I'm seeing and give me her updates, which is always nice. And she told me that I should have been there about 45 minutes ago because she'd seen a big <laughs> Tom strut right through her front yard with five oh my minutes, gosh. Um, heading sort of toward my blind, but probably further past it. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I should have been here. Right. But also I thought maybe they're just kind of passing that way for the time being. And maybe they're going to hook around and come through that cow yard, which is usually that's kind of on their path back to roost in uh, these certain woods when they do roost there. So 
feeling pretty good about my chances. I start moving uh, toward my blind. And as I come up over the hill toward my blind, I'm kind of looking around, just scanning in the distance for turkeys. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't looking close to the blind. So I'm getting, now I'm probably about 15, 20 feet from the blind. I'm coming up over a hill and I see a strutting Tom 50 yards away from my blind. 50 yards. 50 how yards. did you not see him? I have him? no idea how he didn't see me. He, I saw 50 him. yards. You could have shot him with tungsten. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I just, I just saw his head and his fan. I didn't see any other turkeys, but it, he was facing toward me. And so I was, I was equally shocked, Jack, that he didn't see me. Uh, normally 50 yards is game over with almost any <laughs> turkey. Considering I've spooked turkeys at like 500 yards. Yeah, like that's a unique talent of yours. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even want to talk about it. But, uh, anyway, I, I dropped on the spot where I was. Um, and I crawled the rest of the way to my blind, which I think I was low enough to where he didn't see any more of me. And, you know, there were cows in the background. Maybe he was used to the farmer being out there. I have no idea, but I didn't seem to bother him in the slightest. So I crawled the rest of the way to my blind, got in, threw all my stuff in, didn't put out my decoy because I didn't want to, you know, bump this bird anymore or spook him anymore. Um, and I settled in and I kept watching over there for him to come up over that hill, never saw him. I heard him gobble, I think, once or twice in the next half hour or so, and he seemed to be moving away from me, which was a little bit discouraging. And then uh, I kind of resolved, like, I was just going to sit, wait and see what happened. I was going to wait and see uh, until probably about 6 o'clock before I did any calling, just because I knew this bird was close, and I knew he, there was a good chance he was heading my way. And that was about 5.30. And five minutes later, this single hen comes in quietly, from my right, so uh, I guess I should give you a, an idea of how I'm set up here. So my blind is directly north of this cow yard I've been telling you about. On my right is the whole barnyard um, across another cow yard. On my left is a, a grass pasture, I guess, uh, that kind of slopes down toward a cattail slough. And then behind me is a hay field that the birds often end up going through um, to get across the road to whatever they do over there off the property. Uh, usually later in the morning, um, or they come back from that way quite a bit in the, the late afternoon. So at this point, the birds are already back kind of on my side of things. And I'm thinking that they're going to pass through that cow yard like they usually do to roost in the woods. And those woods are further to the south, just across that cow yard from me. Okay. And uh, from my blind, which was originally positioned closer to those woods across the cow yard, I'd, I'd seen them so many times crossing through there and just They'd never gotten quite Teasing close enough you. to me for a shot. So that gives you a little bit of sense of how I'm set up. But I saw this hen come in from the right side. Uh, so from the, the field and woods that are over there, she came into the cow yard and kind of crossed right in front of me. And she actually spent a good chunk of time within five to 10 yards of me. And then uh, she crossed through a fence to my left, uh, heading out into that pasture area closer to where the other birds were. And then she came back and she actually got within, I'm going to say five feet of the blind. It was that five close. feet. It was a dry and dusty day and she was kicking up dust. She was dusting her feathers right there. And then she stood what? up and literally she was so close. I could see her blink. We were having this most intense stare down. I had wanted to get a video of her just with my phone, but uh, right when I pulled it out is when she kind of stood up and walked just level with my window. And we were just staring at each other from about, five six feet away it was crazy oh my gosh so what was she like so close to the point where like i know i've had experiences with a hen so close that like the the wall of the blind covers her up like i can't see her out of the window 
She she was that close right before she stood up. When she was dusting herself, I could not see her out the window. But I could Wait, so her. she was dusting yourself, d- yeah, dusting like herself right outside your window. Yep. So that was a crazy cool experience. <laughs> like just that in itself, I feel like was worth being out there to see her that close. And uh, yeah. you know, it's fun when you don't want to spook the hens normally. Uh, so I was just kind of frozen to the spot waiting for her to, to move a little bit so I could move. And I'm trying to, you know, keep in mind, I'm trying to look around for where this Tom might have gotten himself off to. I have a feeling that he's still down in that pasture just over the hill somewhere, but I couldn't see him. And, you know, when he gobbled, he sounded a little bit further off. But uh, once that hen finally cleared and finally, you know, got to a point where I could turn and look out uh, more of the left side windows, which I didn't have open. So I was kind of peeking out the edge. Uh, I saw a Jake and a strutting Tom 30 yards behind me to my left. So he's is that like where the barn was? Nope, the barn's on my right to the left. It's okay, pasture, and there's this hill that comes up. So they were right on top of the hill, and I didn't see any of the hens with them. They were probably just behind them at this point. But um, so now I'm excited, right? So I see the strutter and the Jake 30 yards away, um, but not a good angle for me to shoot. Obviously, all these windows are closed. I'd make a racket getting them open, and um, so anyway, I just kind of watched them for a second, um, for a couple minutes. The the hen that had been dusting right next to me is kind of off doing her own thing in the cow yard now. Uh, so I think they were kind of having their eyes on her. But then um, they ended up circling, and the, the rest of the hens that were with them, I think it was five hens, the one Jake and the one Tom, they ended up circling all the way behind my blind, probably at about 30, 35 yards. They entered that second cow yard on my right, which is where the cows actually were. And they were picking around in there for quite a while. About that time, the farmer uh, comes out and starts kind of clattering around in the in the barn. And so they kind of backed off a little ways. Then they kept com- they kept coming back um, back toward the cow yard that's in front of me. And that's really where my shot that I had planned for is going to be. So I have my front windows open. I have one of my right side windows open. Um, but I'm really looking for a shot where they're just about to cross that fence that's on my right into the cow yard in front of me or, you know, passing right in front of me about 10 to 20 yards. Um, of course, turkeys being turkeys, that shot did not happen. Uh, all those hens passed through that fence. The gobbler was the last to come through. And I had him at about probably 25 yards. Um, caveat was I wasn't quite comfortable with the shot. Um, I had knelt down um, and turned all the way to my right, being right-handed, that would have been an extremely difficult oh shot gosh. from the, where yeah. I was sitting. But I knelt down on the floor of the blind and uh, kind of got level with that low window and was, you know, ready to shoot out there. But 25 yards, uh, not a great angle on him for a, a good shot placement, and it was extremely windy that day. I mean, gusts of probably 30 miles an hour. So I just didn't feel right about the shot, um, didn't take it, and he ended up crossing through the fence. He followed his hens. Um, straight south and they they crossed the next fence crossed into those woods in that field uh, and then they ended up taking a right um, and crossing over to the field on the other side of the farmyard from me so uh, at this point I'm like knowing the spot knowing how this kind of works they're going to roost all the way over there um, to let's see that would be the the west tonight um, and I'm not going to see anything else where I'm at here most likely so by now it's about 6:45. I had these birds kind of working around me for quite a while. What time was sunset? Uh, sunset that night was 8:27. I remember because um, I remember watching the clock as I watched. The oh gosh. Later, which we'll get to. Yeah, you had a long but, time. Uh, yeah, so qu- quite an interesting night that was. But I ended up getting out of my blind, uh, kind of almost calling it quits on the hunt for the night. 
because I knew there was really no way of getting ahead of these birds without uh, running the really running a risk of bumping them and ruining the next morning's hunt, which I was feeling really good about being in that spot. So didn't want to do that. Um, it's, it's really flat out here. And especially on the east side of the farmyard, there's really not a lot of cover to make an approach to where I knew these birds were going. Uh, so what I did is I went back in the farmyard. Uh, as I was crossing back to my car, actually, um, I had some of the hens in that group about 30 yards from me. And they kind of, you know, they see people walking around in the farmyard all the time. So I didn't spook them like crazy, but they definitely moved off a ways and kind of brought that time along with them. But what I ended up doing is I got in my car, put all my stuff away, and I just pulled my car over to the other side of the barnyard where I could get eyes on this whole field and uh, kind of the, what I would say is the secondary roost on this property, which is really just a, a tree line with some really big mature trees in it uh, towards the middle where um, usually it's like one time on a couple hens that'll be over there. But uh, this night it ended up being that whole group that I'd seen go through the barnyard. So. Uh, but I had a lot of excitement kind of watching these birds uh, work through that field and eventually yeah. roost there. Uh, what also happened is another tom and two hens came from the north, from across the road, into this field on the west. And uh, they ended up kind of getting together with that other group for a little while, uh, but then they ended up leaving and kind of doing their own thing. And I wasn't able to see them cross over to that other roost in the south woods, but I knew that's probably where they ended up just from being so familiar with this property and what the birds have been doing there. So I did watch um, this, this first time that I'd seen go through the cow yard, um, which I actually have an, a nickname for this individual gobbler, I call him Big Boy. Really? And he has a couple missing tail fan feathers, which is the only way I can tell him apart from the others. But he's definitely <laughs> the dominant gobbler on this property or in this area. Um, I see him all the time chasing this Jake that hangs around with him and his hens. And he's almost always surrounded by, I'd say, five to eight hens, like never seen him without hens in tow. So uh, definitely have hunted him this season, I guess. But yeah. He's been a very hard bird to get on um, and be able to call in or anything like that. And really hasn't ever looked at my decoys, like just extremely satisfied with where he's at in life, being on top of the totem pole and having all the ladies around him. But um, this other gobbler that crossed from the north, he only had the two hens with him. Uh, he mingled with that group for a while, like I said, but then ended up kind of moving off with a couple of those hens. And um, he roosted in the south woods, like I said. Um, I didn't have any gobbles to confirm that, but I was very, very confident that's where he would be. So next morning, uh, after watching uh, Big Boy and the Jake and the rest of those hens fly up, uh, I ended up coming back to that spot, getting back in my blind, um, and at 4:45, like the moment I pull in to the farm, I heard big boy fire up on that West side and he did not stop gobbling, um, the, the rest of the morning until fly down. And then, um, so I'm in my blind now it's getting light. I'm definitely nodding off. Cause at this point in my season, I'm tired of waking up this early, but, um, it's I'm been a long season too. Out. I'm definitely keeping an ear out. I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, big boy and his flock will most likely, work back my way just based on what I've seen him do other times. Um, but I'm thinking also that I have a good shot at this other bird that's, I know roosted just south of me. And he only gobbled twice on the roost, uh, much later than big boy started. Um, and only two times. So, um, I was watching, waiting, um, listening to those gobbles from the West and uh, big boy, that dominant Tom ended up moving to the South and approaching that field and woods, uh, that are just across the cow yard from me. 
I could hear by the way his gobbles were kind of moving that direction, but he definitely took his time. So I'm thinking, this could be a long wait, this could be a while, but I wonder what the wild card is with that other bird in the south woods. And um, about 5.50, I saw a couple hens coming up that field edge where my blind had previously been um, toward the cow yard where I was. And then I saw that Tom following close behind them. And it looked like for a second that they turned left, that they turned west toward that other flock. And I was like, no, they're going to join up with them. This could be a long wait or I might not see them at all again. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, a couple minutes later, within five minutes, they had actually turned uh, to the east, turned my way. And I saw those hens come up into the, the cow yard and I knew that uh, that Tom wouldn't be far behind them. So eventually I saw him kind of pop up on the far end of that cow yard. This is probably 50 to 60 yards away right now. And I started getting pretty excited. My heart started pounding a little bit. I'm thinking this is going to be the morning finally that I get a shot at this guy. And um, what I kind of used as my range reference right in front of me where I was hoping to take the shot is there were these concrete barricades about 20 yards away. And so I'm thinking anything on my side of that is going to be, you know, game over. I'm going to shoot him. And the hens, two, the two hens that had roosted with him passed halfway between me and those barricades. So probably 10 yards, right? Pretty close. And I'm thinking, man, if he does the same thing, chip shot, it's over, right? But of course, as luck would have it, he stayed on the other side of those barricades. And they're just tall enough to hide a turkey, which is kind of hilariously frustrating. Yeah. But um, he ended up popping out just on the left side of those barricades at uh, probably 30 yards. Um, after I'd been watching for him on the right side to kind of come around and follow exactly where those hens did. So it took me a little bit off guard, even though I knew he was coming. Uh, so I ended up drawing on him when he had taken a couple steps for, uh, toward me. It was probably about 25 yards, and he was kind of in that leftmost front window of my blind. Uh, so I was definitely well positioned for that. But then he ended up taking, uh, right after I drew, he took a couple steps to my left. So now he's behind the, the sort of side uh, curtain of my blind, I guess you could say. And so now he's obstructed, right? Uh, which is a problem. And I'm not sure if he's going to come back to my right, which makes for a little bit easier shot or goes to my left. Well, uh, it well, turns out after I've been drawn by for probably three, four minutes, he comes out on my left, the leftmost window I have open. So I'm like contorted to my left. I've been drawn for, you know, a good long while. And it was so cold this morning, you guys, it was uh, 28 for a low, I think. So I'm assuming that you warm. were getting a good dose of adrenaline too, making yeah, a shake. Yep, I was definitely pretty shaky for a couple <laughs> of reasons. Uh, not being the strongest person in the world, definitely being a little bit cold, definitely being excited. But honestly, it happened so fast that I didn't have the crazy adrenaline rush that I kind of expected I would when I, you know, took my first shot on an archery turkey after so many tries. Um, just kind well, of come, become yeah. numb to it, numb to seeing turkeys and not getting one. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, I almost wasn't prepared for the fact that I finally was going to get a shot. But he finally popped up in that, that left window, like I said, that I thankfully had had open. And I can kind of contorted even further to the left in my chair from where I was. Uh, was definitely kind of bending my back backwards a little bit just to accommodate that shot angle. And it's, it's kind of funny how the shot happened. I mean, uh, when you practice, sometimes you're, you so overthink, uh, being dead center in the bullseye and your pins and your sight picture and your peep sight and everything, uh, even your form, the whole nine yards. Like when I practice, I'm very diligent about all those things before I pull the trigger on my release. But 
uh, just like the deer that I shot last fall, this, it kind of just fell into place and happened in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a, I knew I was going to have to take the shot soon cause I wasn't going to be able to hold all that much longer. And I just made sure my, my 20 yard pin was on him and obviously in the right spot on him and made sure that, uh, you know, everything was lined up and I let fly. I don't really remember deciding to do that. It just, I guess practice and instinct kind of took over in that moment. Um, and I knew it was a hit instantly because he kind of jumped, took about 10 quick steps, uh, in sort of a stumbling way. And he ended up going about 20 yards from the spot where I shot him. Uh, I could see my arrow was not in him, which is less than ideal when you're bow hunting for turkeys. I later saw it kind of just laying on the was ground. Was it a pass through? So I'll get to that. Okay. I won't tell you that. <laughs> Come on, man. So I'm like, okay, that's not perfect. That's not exactly what I'd hoped for. But um, he ran about 20 yards and he was kind of running, but stumbling, I would say. And then he stopped and just uh, stood in one spot for a very long time. He was kind of looking back. He obviously knew, you know, something had gotten him. The hens were not sure what to think. They saw him take off, of course, but they kind of just hung out and were trying to keep going with life as normal, I guess. <laughs> but uh, just watching him, he he was definitely hit. He was definitely hit. I, w I was thinking fairly well because of uh, the fact that he didn't make it very far and uh, he didn't look very well as he was running. Um, definitely had a kind of a limp and a struggle to him. So bet you had a little uh, bit of a relapse back to deer season, hoping that your deer actually goes down after you shoot it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There was that moment of like, Oh, I'm not sure, you know, how that was. I, I felt like the shot might've been a little bit low but I had no way of knowing. Uh, so I just kept watching this bird. I actually pulled out my binoculars to get a kind of closer look at his body language just to, to hopefully get any sign of what that hit was like. Was and, there like any uh, blood? Like, Not that I could see from where I was, um, but, and there were feathers on the ground later when I looked, but I, all I could see was my arrow and I could see him uh, just really the top of his body and his head. And he was kind of hunched over, kind of just hunkered down there, um, but his head was up and he was looking back and looking around. So I'm thinking, all right, he doesn't look like he's going to die instantly. This might be a bit of an issue. And of course, all those those doubts are flooding into my mind of like, oh no, I just, did I just wound this turkey? I'm going to have to chase him down or worse, I'm going to lose him. But uh, I just kept watching. And actually I watched for about 25 minutes. Uh, he In that whole time, about five or 10 minutes, uh, every five or 10 minutes or so, he would take a few like limping hops uh, and he'd have his wings out to kind of steady himself. And even his tail fan was kind of, wheeling all over the place like he was really unstable so Man. that made me feel a little bit better about the fact that he probably wasn't going to make it too far um but in that 25 minutes he did make it probably about 20 yards closer to um this fence line and the edge of the woods so that made me a little bit concerned but he actually ended up bedding down right next to the fence which that lifted my spirits i'm like okay um that's a good sign you know he's weak he's maybe bleeding out in, in, in a way. Um, and I'm not going to have to do a whole lot of, uh, effort in the chase and the, the tracking a here. Turkey, <laughs> right. Uh, challenging stuff. But, um, what I decided to do, uh, which looking back, this may have been a mistake. I still had eyes on him. He was just bedded down there by the fence and I'm thinking, I don't want this bird to suffer, which of course, uh, none of us do as hunters, yeah. as responsible hunters. But I'm thinking if I, uh, can get out of my blind and circle around, uh, around this hill um, that's on my left and pop up just below him. There was actually a kind of a pile of old machinery junk next to him too. 
So I'm thinking if I can just pop up behind there, you know, 10, 20 yard shot, get another arrow in him, you know, game over for him. And I'll be walking out of here with a turkey and he won't have to suffer and I won't have to chase him through the woods, uh, which of course, is, <laughs> that's never the hope when you bow hunt for turkeys. But um, unfortunately, he was very much still with the program. I got out of my blind, I took a peek over the top and uh, that movement didn't bother him. I started crawling back toward my left just to get uh, down and around this hill. And apparently I couldn't get quite low enough because I heard him putt, which is the alarm sound for turkeys. If you're not familiar, uh, I heard putt, putt, and he's, I saw him stand up and I saw him crest the hill going into the woods. And I'm like, Oh no. And then I didn't see him anymore. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something oh. here or this bird could get away. In that must've been like heartbreaking. Heading, it was, that was not a good feeling. And he was heading um, off the property to make matters worse. So I'm like, okay, uh, this could be a bad situation in a hurry. So I ended up circling down uh, further downhill of him and entering the woods where I knew he couldn't see me and then sort of working my way back to the right towards where he was thinking that uh, worst case scenario is I bump him back onto the property out into the open where I can see him better. Um, and hopefully, you know, he doesn't keep going into the woods, getting lost in some thick brush somewhere. So uh, I not very quietly, but pretty quickly, picked my way through the woods toward where I'd last seen him. And I, I paused at one point and kind of took a look back up toward the field and things were just kind of silhouetted at this point. I thought I saw something that looked like the outline of a turkey. Um, that was not him. But at that very moment, he saw me from behind a tree at about 25 yards. And I quickly drew my bow, kind of got him in my sights, but he was through a lot of brush. He was going behind trees, kind of weaving in and out as he sort of limped away from me. And then he putted again and then he started running and took off. Oh. And my heart sank. And I'm like, oh, Man. please don't tell me. This bird's going to be gone. And, you know, that's that's why so many turkey hunters, when they're bow hunting, you know, they really try to take out a wing. If you can't take out, you know, both legs, you try to take out a wing so they can't fly on you. You know, maybe, um, though, if he does take off, he'll get a little weak mid-flight fall, and then the fall will, fin fall will finish him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mind definitely wasn't there uh, because I, I just saw my, my trophy turkey that I shot take off. Um, but, of course, there's a lot of different theories about shot placement on turkeys, and I knew that I hadn't hit the wings because he was kind of stretching those out, using those to stabilize himself, and obviously they were good enough to fly, and he, he still had that much energy. Yeah. But um, I ended up just, at this point, full-on sprinting through the woods, and I tried to cut uh, he had landed in the middle of that plowed field where my blind had been previously and where he'd come up out of that morning. I ended up just sprinting through the woods, circling uh, to the left of the field, again, trying not to let him get into that thick brush and stuff that where he could just easily uh, get lost up under a log or something. But uh, he ended up beating me to the woods, so he was doing pretty well on his feet at this point. Is he, like, sure is he just like full-on running like a normal turkey? Yeah, he was running pretty good, not – as fast as I've seen turkeys go, but he was running at a pretty fast good pace into the woods. Um, definitely didn't look like the same turkey I'd just seen limping away a couple steps at a time in the where I'd originally shot him. Yeah. Um, so now I'm getting pretty frustrated, pretty discouraged. And I saw him go over a hill in the woods into an area where like deer bed down in there. It's just so thick. It's nasty. Like I'm like, he could be anywhere in there. I'm not going to get a shot. I'm not going to see him. Um, and I'm feeling pretty pretty down on my luck, pretty depressed at this point. And I just came to the edge of the field, took a look around. I saw a hen, one hen running away from me across the field. 
And I'm thinking, man, mistakes have been made. I have screwed this up. I'm going to lose the first bird that I shoot with a bow. And I just tried to calm myself down in that moment. I tried not to let all those feelings get the best of me. And I tried to be as logical as I could. And I, I just thought, um, if I scare this bird anymore at this point, odds are he's just going to get more adrenaline, more energy. He's going to keep going further and further. He might go off the property or he might get into some place where, you know, where I can't easily see him or easily find him. So I decided I'm just going to wait. I'm going to give him some time and I'm going to slowly pick through this thick section of brush where I thought I saw him go into. I knew there was a possibility that he'd already crossed the field and, you know, gone in a completely different area. So I was ready for that possibility, but I was just like, all right, I'm going to start with where I last saw him. I'm going to pick through here slowly, but first I'm going to wait and, you know, hopefully maybe if that shot was true, I'm, I'm going to just let him expire and, you know, be able to find a dead turkey. But, uh, I was definitely concerned about yeah. losing this bird. And as I overlook that field, um, I just threw up a desperate prayer. And if, if you're a hunter and if you believe in God, you know how this, is, how this goes. And I just said, Lord, I don't want to wound this turkey. I don't want to lose this turkey. Uh, help me find him. Help me find this bird. And as I was just absentmindedly, right after I got done praying, as I was absentmindedly looking out into the field, you know, pondering my next move, I saw something that didn't qu quite look right out in the field. Yeah. And I kind of did a double take and I, I looked again and about 25 yards to my right, out in the plowed field, just behind a couple chunks of dirt, I saw the dull red head of a turkey sticking up out of the <laughs> And I knew it was him. And I was, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man. How did he like, get over there? He must have, when I was in the woods, I wasn't watching the field. I think that when he, he went into the woods before I did. And so I think when he saw me and heard me crashing through the woods toward him, he must, that must have scared him out into the field. But he didn't have any, I mean, he was, laying down he was behind a few clods of dirt like i said but just exposed in the field and you know i hadn't seen him before that which goes to show you how well turkeys can blend in and let me tell you by the way side note um if you've never hunted turkeys or especially if you've never bow hunted turkeys even if you have you know you might not believe people when they tell you that turkeys are really good at hiding wounded turkeys especially that is true let me tell you because this bird blended in very well out in the middle of this plowed field and if it hadn't been for that head sticking up i don't know if i would have seen him and i could have spent hours searching through the rest of the forest when he's laying right there in the field so thankfully <laughs> i counted an answer to prayer um i saw his head sticking up there 25 yards from me out in the field as i was just sitting there on the edge pondering my next move and so uh he looked very out of it at this point um similar to to a deer that uh jake and i jack your brother jake yeah. uh had to sneak up on and finish up. He, he kind of looked like that, kind of just in a daze, uh, not very aware of his surroundings, like definitely still alive, of course, but not not aware too much of what was going on. So I'm thinking he's he's probably getting pretty weak. I get I guess flying across a hundred yards, like you yeah. said, Jack, kind of wore him out. He probably lost a lot of blood and was just blood pumping. Happens, but yeah, I was able to to sneak up toward toward him about ten yards closer and. Uh, kind of tried to angle around because I didn't have a clean shot at him, but I'm like, I can end it right here. If I just get another arrow into him, we'll get as close as he lets me get. And then I'll, I'll put him away, yeah. you know? Um, but right as I drew my bow, he somehow found a burst of energy. He putted again, stuck his head up, got up, started running. 
um, or started kind of took a few walking steps first. And that's when I released my arrow. Um, not a great shot. And it, I saw it sail right under him, I think right between his legs, most likely. Um, so I'm like, Oh no, now I'm down to one arrow. And he took off at a run. Um, definitely not as fast as he could have been, but, uh, he took off running toward the woods toward, you know, the thick swampy. Now it's a race where he'd been originally trying to go. Yeah. Now the race was on, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, I ran cross country in high school. I, I wasn't too bad with my 5k, but, uh, I was never a sprinter, but I gave it my best shot sprinting, uh, through this plowed field up and down dirt clods everywhere in my rubber boots, in my four layers of clothes from yeah. the morning when it was 29 degrees in my overalls with my bow, <laughs> I made it my mission to chase down this Turkey and I did catch up to him. And the moment that he fell down. Actually, I think he fell down before I even quite caught him. And I just put my foot on his head and he expired right then and there. Um, and as much as I, I wish that it had been a better shot and that chase wouldn't have been necessary. That was such a moment of relief, um, to finally have that bird in my possession. And, uh, there was a big rock laying right there just, uh, as a precaution really, because I didn't want to chase him anymore. Uh, I gave him a good thump on the noggin and, that was the end of him. I bet uh, you uh, started to um, think, I thought it was turkey hunting, not goose hunting. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm familiar with, you know, chasing cripples in the waterfowl world, but uh, chasing down a 20-pound <laughs> bird is something a little different. And I was, believe me, I was thinking oh, about gosh. the spurs when I was coming up on him. There's, uh, have you seen, there, like, so photos of, like, guys with bloody faces from, you know, trying to get a bird? It's, oh, yeah. it's nasty. It's it's absolute carnage. Yeah, never never grab a bird before. You know that's if you can help that's why we don't bees. wring their necks. That's why we don't wring turkey necks. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, their necks are they're pretty durable. Let's just say that. So yeah, foot on the head's the way to go. That's what I did, and uh, he didn't have much kick left in him. Honestly, by that time, he was breathing his last. Um, I think he'd lost a lot of blood. So when I was, you know, finally. Caught my breath. Honestly, I was out of breath. I was nauseated from this whole situation of almost losing my whole um, the, this turkey that I worked so hard for. That my first turkey I shot with a bow, and from the chase, you know, I think I was already a little dehydrated and um, definitely out of breath. But I ended up catching him, like I said, and was able to take a look and um, yeah, ended up admiring those spurs and uh the beard and just the coloration on him a uh, beautiful beautiful bird not not big spurs by the way about a two-year-old bird but nine and a half inch beard three-quarter inch spurs so you're you're pretty typical two-year-old 19 pounds when i weighed him later at home but gorgeous gorgeous feathers beautiful coloring um very nice tail fan and of course any any tom would have been a trophy with with a bow after my effort this season and your effort so, alone for the uh, season Plus the chase that you had to put on that guy. That must've been such an amazing feeling holding that Turkey. It really was. Oh uh, yeah. It felt like redemption felt like relief of course. And uh, let me just tell you about the shot, what it ended up being. I was very curious about that. And um, what happened is that I hit him just a little bit to the left. So he was facing me full strut, hit him a little bit to the left and my arrow passed through completely. It passed through not only his right breast, um, so entry and exit hole through the, the right breast, but then it also hit his right drumstick, um, and went in and out in there. So four holes in this guy, he still made it 200 yards and I had to chase him down and finish him off. So 
if that doesn't go to show you how tough turkeys are, yeah. I don't know what will. And to me, that really emphasizes the importance again of proper shot placement and just being ready for uh, that pursuit. No kidding. So there you have it, folks. Story of my first archery turkey and definitely not the finish I was hoping for or uh, expecting, but it did end well with uh, my first time with, an, with a bow with archery, which I'm very excited about. Very proud of that bird and all the effort that went into it. Um, great challenge this season. Um, lots of ups and downs, lots of frustration, but lots of learning too. And um, very pleased to be able to harvest that time this spring. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something about this great sport of hunting we all enjoy. And we hope that'll help you enjoy God's amazing creation even more through this wonderful sport. Please, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram for all our hunting updates and adventures and subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choosing. And please join us next time for our next episode. We'll see you then. Catch you later. This is going to be on the blind.